Mike Hill with Empowering Others Through God's Word. My life has been changed, renewed, challenged, and encouraged by the power of God's love letter, the Bible. It has the answers to my deepest longings. I want you to experience this wonderful transformation too as we go deeper into the written word of God. Welcome to season three of Empowering Others Through God's Word. The first five podcasts will focus on biblical Esther and some very practical truths from this historical narrative. The following five podcasts will focus on what scripture reveals about suffering, a very timely topic as we navigate life in our troubled world. Don't miss a single episode. Let's tune in now to today's podcast. Welcome to our podcast again this morning, uh, Ellen Cron. Thank you, Ruth. It's a delight for me to be here with you. And I'm just so excited as we continue in the story of Esther and just all the new things that I have gathered again as well, leading up to our time together today. And just very, very excited to share that. Well, if you are just tuning in for the first time today, I encourage you to go back to the first three podcasts because there's a lot of setting there, a lot of background that you won't want to miss about this incredible story that God has left for us. Although his name is not mentioned, as Ellen has reminded us, his his fingerprints are all over the story. And so the first three podcasts are the first two lessons. And today we're going to go on to the third lesson. There are some key principles that Ellen is bringing to us, and they are so important. The first lesson, the mystery of God's choosing. The second lesson, the essentials of divine appointment appointments. And today we're going to look into the power to fulfill your purpose. Wow, you're not going to want to miss any of these podcasts. So stay tuned and go back and refresh your memory with the first three. So Ellen, let's as we begin today, let's just set the setting of the story as you begin this new uh, divine appointments and standing in your authority. Yes, it's such a the Esther story is such a powerful story of God's placement of people, and especially his children, us who know him and walk with him, and just how how we can trust his placement of where we find ourselves and in circumstances that are so often not understood at all, which is exactly the story of Esther and where she found herself, this young Jewish girl, an orphan girl, who was raised and living with her cousin Mordecai and living with her people, learning all about that. And all of a sudden she finds herself extracted Mm -hmm. from this place of, of security, this place of comfort that had filled a huge place of loss in her life. She was an orphan girl and was living in exile and had found security and comfort in living with her cousin and her people and learning all about that. And then all of a sudden that comes to an abrupt end. And it's such a picture that so many of us are familiar with as well, right? Yes. That there's places of loss and, and hard things. And then 
God fills that space, if you will, with the right things that we need. And then all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a new space. And, and how do we now live in that and live that out? And so I think that is one of the, the things that is the most precious in Esther's story. And just to see God's incredible sovereignty over that change in her life again. And and we today have that same promise and assurity of God's sovereignty over us mm-hmm. and our lives and everything that we encounter. And then just as the story unfolds, all the things in it that help us in our transitioning through different things in life and, and how that looks. And so I'm very, very excited today to look further into um, both the timing of this for Esther. And um, as we had briefly talked before, it was actually like around five years of being appointed, um, you know, chosen as queen in the palace and all that that meant for her and really had no idea during that whole time, not really, of why exactly she was there. Mm-hmm. So often, Ellen, we want God's plan to unfold in a hurry. And, uh, you know, we, we, we have this uh, idea and this sense of call. And, um, you know, we get our schedule there. You know, by, you know, by October, this is going to happen. By December, this is going to happen. And here you're saying that Esther, with all the beauty treatments, which were a year long, yet there was another four years added to that while she's waiting to go before the king. That's a long time. And um, one of the things that um, that we learn as we go along in life is that we are in a tremendous hurry, but God is not. Yes. Yeah. He has work to do in us. And, and, and also, I'd like to just bring in Mordecai for a moment that he has to watch this unfold. This, uh, he, she's like a daughter to him, really, uh, that's unfolding. He has her care since her parents died. And this must be a tremendously difficult waiting time for him as well. But I know you're going to expand on that, Ellen, and help us to just understand that uh, the standing and the waiting uh, for God's plan to unfold. And, you know, people talk about it unfolding, but actually it unrolls. Yeah, that's a very good word. You know, uh, a fold, you kind of can open it up and then you can bring it back again. But a roll just goes and then it rolls back. You can't even stop it from rolling. I like that picture very, very much. And, you know, the other thing that I saw in a very fresh way this morning, Ruth, and just as we've been talking through this, is that um, God's sovereign choice and his providence over our lives is done in community. Mm. And I didn't really see that that powerfully before. We usually think of um, even, you know, as we look at the Esther story, we look at it as her story. And it is, but she was not alone in her divine providence story. It was a community story. Mordecai was involved, right? 
and and all the main characters that we talked about in our first session. And so that was honestly a new aha moment for me this morning, that it is never the divine providence of God in our lives is never done alone. It's done in community. Wow. So this whole idea of uh, don't forsake the assembling together, being together. It, it really expands on that thought, doesn't it? The importance of having one another, ironing, iron sharpening iron. Yeah. And I was thinking too, when you were expressing that, just how much Mordecai would have been sitting at the gate or doing his duties in the courtyard there, praying for her. It would not have been a day go by or maybe even a moment that he wouldn't have had that beautiful girl on his mind, that beautiful young woman. Exactly, exactly. And and Esther had Haggai, you know, inside the palace and 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 others too, I'm sure. And Mordecai outside would have had his people behind him. And so, you know, here's another thought that um that just came is that the providence of God is played out you know in in community and with people that we can't even see and with people that we might not even expect even though Esther did not have access to you know to God's people if you will that she would have been used to drawing on she remained faithful with the people that she was with and her expressions of faithfulness and all that was shown and practiced there as well. So community is key. Um, And whoever that is around you, not just, you know, God's people. Wow. But he uses those around us that, you know, um, have influence on us and what does that look like but you know what let's dive into this um, spiritual authority I just want to talk about that a bit more and we will actually see how how this folds out you know in our individual lives and yet how that impacts the whole somehow I think that's a strong picture the Lord wants us to take away with us today wow. Sense of my individual responsibility and choices in, you know, our lives and where we find ourselves, and yet realizing the impact of the community involvement in that right around me. Oh, that's so good. Let's jump in. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I've recently been reading a book um, called, it's a spiritual authority book called Partnering with God to Release the Kingdom by uh, Dr. Rob Reimer. And I gained so much insight from that book to just help me better understand what spiritual authority is. It's something that has been resonating deep in my heart. And um, and so what does that look like? And it's so beautifully fit with the story of Esther as I was reading it. But here is a, is a quote that I want to give you that I think sums up beautifully what spiritual authority really is to make it real for us and tangible and something that we can actually grasp onto and understand. Spiritual authority is rooted in identity, expanded in intimacy, and activated by faith. Beautiful. And if that 
that so describes the story of Esther. I mean, they were very rooted in their identity with God, their father, the God of Abraham. They were rooted in that, you know? And so where are my roots today is the thing, right? And expanded in intimacy, they lived in relationship with the God of Abraham, the God of promise, the God that they knew, the God who chose them, the provident God over them, if you will. They lived in intimacy in that, and it was expanded. And somehow I think Esther, Esther's intimacy to her God was expanded in the palace before she even knew why she was there. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. It, you know, that's really exciting to, to stop and think about because in this world that we live, we are always trying to, the world is always trying to eliminate suffering. Suffering is refining and pre- preparation. And, and what, what Esther had already been through, losing her parents, but also seeing her people, uh, rejected, uh, was refining. And it wasn't lost in God's eyes. This suffering, which we want to eliminate in our world, was part of the process of being able to stand in your spiritual authority, because that's part of, of being in Christ is to share in his sufferings and that's so beautiful her intimacy came out of all of that yes yes. not not because of that but out of that yeah it's so important to see as we you know unfold this story to say today is that esther did not put her identity in her beauty in her title as queen and her position, that was not her identity. And it could very easily have become that. But her identity remained in God and kept expanding that intimacy with him. And that is what activated her faith, really. And so those three things were just incredibly helpful to me in my growing in understanding of what spiritual authority really is for us as believers today. Could I just add something there that that, um, we can often misunderstand the chosen people uh, and thinking that the whole nation revered God as she did, but that's not true at all. They continually disobeyed God. So even in her own culture, she rose above and so would Mordecai. They would rise above uh, many of the other sons of Israel simply because many of the sons of Israel abandoned God for other gods. Mm. Small g. Mm. They forgot the covenant that you just talked about. They forgot that God made a promise to Abraham and God never, ever goes back on his promise. We may, but he never does. And so that makes her stand out even more her own culture and let's keep you know bringing that forward all the time now for what that means in our own lives right and it that day is not unlike today and today is not unlike that day back there right where we really do have a choice it's God's people and let's be honest as well not judging or critical but not all of God's people today are walking either 
like we ought to. And we are making choices and acting upon choices every day. And, you know, and what do they reflect? And so a uh, really, really good word to my own heart today, right? And of course, you know, what does identity look like? We need to always couch that back in Ephesians chapter one, you know, our identity in Christ and what that all involves, you know, the adoption and, oh, there's a long list of, I think of 10 or 12 or whatever of things that are ours that define our identity in Christ. And so that's the solid basis that you want to go to in what that looks like, right? There's such safety in spiritual authority. Like sometimes we're actually afraid of that word. Yeah. Spiritual authority, we really are. Because authority abused and gone wrong is very, very problematic and, and bad. And so we want to make sure that um, the spiritual authority is strongly identified in truth and what it includes and what it is. And so, um, you know, in cultivating intimacy with God, I mean, we do that through the word, through prayer, through choices we make in, in what we do each day. Honestly, my actions either bring me closer to intimacy with God and with others. Or it moves me further away from intimacy. Mm -hmm. And of course, looking at it in the context of spiritual authority, I am then lessening my spiritual authority when I move away from intimacy. Oh, yeah. Ellen, what you are doing is you are laying a foundation for living. That's correct. Based on truth from God's word. And, you know, uh, Jesus talked to to the enemy, to the devil, that we can't live on just bread, physical bread, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And this is daily manna. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't take very long for me to get my eyes off God's word. It can be as simple as a, a word spoken. Uh, it can be as simple as something happening that I wasn't happy about, and it distracts me, and I must get back to this foundation that you are laying. Intimacy in any relationship is not a given, and it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's something that needs to be cultivated and worked on mm-hmm. and um, and intentionally choosing, which goes right back to the very foundation of the Esther story that we talked about God's placement and our choice of response. Yeah. Yeah. Goes right back again to that, to our, our choosing of action and what that looks like. And so so good, Ellen, I think just pause here for a moment Mm -hmm. and reiterate that because the, the second part of that is often lost. So so repeat what you have just said in another way, because I know you've got several ways of saying that. Yeah. God's placement of us. I know we've used the words divine providence, and this really is a way for me to understand what divine providence is. Is it is it something that that I'm not involved in? Is it something that God does to me? And I simply accept it 
And that's all it is. No, God's providence, as we looked at from the very, very beginning, is actually God, his knowing, his understanding, and his wisdom Mm -hmm. is really what that word providence means in this particular story. Wow. And when you think about that, it's not its not a God doing things to me that I don't like, for example, because, oh, my goodness, like in the Esther story, could that not have been a takeaway for Esther is, I don't like this. And so I really want to make sure today that we don't take the sense um, away with us that God's providence is something that he does to us. You know, whether I like it or not, and I just have to live and cope and deal with it. That's not God's providence. His providence is full of wisdom and and love and care and compassion and knowing everything about his people and for his people. And so that is is something that I'm praying the Holy Spirit will deeply plant in our hearts today, that we see properly what God's providence is. And in that, we then choose our responses in in the same, if you will, in wisdom, in knowledge, in love, right? Mm -hmm. Because what I know about God is part of my choice. And his gift to us is the ability to make a choice. That free will that he gave to Adam and Eve in the garden, it's our gift from him. We're not forced into this at all. And that's that's part of this story, uh, is cooperating with God's sovereign plan. So Ellen, we're just about out of time for this podcast. And I know that you have much more. Can you wrap up this spiritual authority? And we'll, we'll come back in our next podcast. Esther and Mordecai stood in this spiritual authority that we just talked about. And how do I know that? Well, just a few simple things is Mordecai um, carried out Esther's instructions in the calling the people to prayer and fasting. And Esther resolved to go to the king. I will go a deliberate decision And both these, the obedience of following and making a deliberate choice to do the right thing Mm. are evidences of our walking in spiritual authority. They're key parts of this. Wow. Right? And prayer and fasting and seeking God prepares us to arise and act. Those are also key pieces of walking in a spiritual authority and becoming equipped to use our spiritual authority, it comes out of our choices, our responses, and their responses to their situation was just powerfully, powerfully enacted out of that. And so Esther put before the Lord what concerned her, and God responds. 
Wow. And he responded in a powerful way, a way that neither Mordecai or Esther could have manifested on their own. And this word spiritual authority uh, almost sounds like we have this sword that we're wielding and uh, making things happen. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about entering into that presence and that intimacy with God and where we live and move and have our being that's what we need to understand gives us the spiritual authority. Uh, and we cultivate that, as you have said, in our intimacy. Oh, we could just share so much more in this time together. And um, it's been rich. Please uh, tune in again next time for our next podcast. We will be wrapping up this series with Esther. And you're not going to want to miss what Ellen has to share from the depths of her heart. Uh, definitely, Ellen has a gift to find nuggets of truth that will really impact your day-to-day. And we know that you are listening because God has asked you to and you have responded. You may not have even known that, but he's prompted you to listen. And now we pray that there will be action, that you will do your part and respond the way Esther responded If I perish, I perish, but I'm going to do the will of God no matter what. And so tune in again next time as we wrap up this beautiful story of Esther. Bye for now. Bye for now. I'm so glad you tuned in today. My prayer is that you will continue your journey in God's word with me. Visit our website, wordstoinspire.ca. All the previous podcasts are stored there. You can learn more about our ministry, Words to Inspire, the books available. The four books in the WOW series are great for group or individual study. Woman of Worth, Lifelong Empowerment from Psalm 139, Woman of the Word, a Memorizing Scripture Experience, Woman of Wisdom, Threads of Covenant Woven Through the Book of Ruth, and Woman of Worship, A Journey to the Heart of Worship. And the other book in our web, on our website is Unborn, Untold, True Stories of Abortion and God's Healing Grace. All of our books from the Words to Inspire website show the power of God's Word in our lives. And that's what we want for everyone to know the power of reading, meditating, memorizing, studying, writing, and all of the other ways that you can put God's word into your heart and life. I'd love to hear from you. Ruth at wordstoinspire.ca. Until next time, I'm Ruth Coghill, empowering others through God's word with words to inspire. Bye for now.